Hi, you're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. I'm Jamin, your host. Today I've got Bob with TMM Data. We are live at uh, Predictive Analytics World, Marketing Analytics World, Healthcare. There's a giant eight. list. There's of, a giant of, list. Of yeah, events. that's right. Yeah, emails that's right. in there somewhere. Yeah, deep analytics. There's lots of good stuff here. Yeah, uh, the email one to me is kind of interesting. I'm like, gosh, email's dying. <laughs> You'd think, you'd think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. open rates are decreasing. It's material. It's, there's, there's actually divisions of companies now that uh, aren't even responding to emails. They only use Slack and other. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Bob, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Let's, let's start out talking a little bit about TMM Data. What do you uh, what do you guys do? Sure. Uh, we're about a 13-year-old company. I started back in 2008 on my front porch, closed in the building, and you know brought people in, one of those uh, good old-fashioned kind of bootstrap things. And we really started the TMM was originally Track My Marketing. So we Got were it. all about channel marketing and uh, uh well, at that point, it was uh, uh, multi-channel. Now it's omni-channel because we have to have cool new words. But um, you know, being able to set those up so that you could do reporting and that was analysis. like early. That was pre-real social media focused right, marketing right. too. Two thousand eight. I mean, it yeah. was around, but yeah. nobody was really diving in. It was more yeah. of a fun thing to have mm -hmm. uh, that us old folks were starting to play with more yeah. so than than a day-to-day -day operational right. thing that is now. Um, but we we started measuring that around two thousand twelve. My phrase is I like to say it's about the data dummy, not about specifically marketing data or, or analytics. Uh, and we really refocused the company uh, to becoming a data integration company. Oh, so uh, we saw while campaign management and marketing analytics is still very, you know, the, the core of what we do. Uh, we find that a lot of folks are still struggling with simple things. They got spreadsheets coming in email. They've got, um, of course, the 7,000, I think we're up to 7,000 marketing technologies out there floating out there in the atmosphere uh, that they need to pull that data in and merge it and meld it and marry it and all the cool phrases we use now. So our goal is to make it easier for analysts, whether they be predictive analysts, marketing analysts, financial analysts, just analysts that are fighting uh, we just did a survey with Digital Analytics Association here last year. You know, people are spending 40 to 60% of their day just copying and pasting and cleaning data to start doing their work. And our ultimate mission at the company, our official mission statement is meet data needs painlessly. Uh, very short and sweet. Oh, I love that. Uh, but, you know, we want to be able to allow analysts to come in at 8 in the morning and start doing their job instead of spending four to six hours cleaning up the data to then move to the next step to start doing their job. So that's kind of ultimately our goal in life. And the ROI on that's really easy to get to. That's that's the nice part. Well, it is unfortunately for us and unfortunately for some of the analysts, uh, the really good analysts end up doing the extra work. Um, uh, and working into the wee hours and the senior management still get all their reports because they just put an extra hour. So the ROI to the, the individuals on the ground, uh, certainly the feet on the ground really know that there's a great ROI to it because it saves them a lot of time. Um, sometimes, although it's getting much easier in the last two years, selling it up because they're going, well, I get my reports now. And it's like, well, yeah, but you could get double the amount of reports and better reports had you not had to spend your whole day copying and pasting. Yeah, and the reality is there's such high turnover among the people that are generating yes. those reports. And if you can have a little bit better quality of life, in other words, to your earlier point, you know, even if, because structuring, cleaning and structuring data sucks. It's not very fun. Yeah. Right? No. It's, it's a very grindy kind of work. Yeah. 
And the the less of that you can do, the more interesting stuff you can do. Man, that's a win. Oh, absolutely. Wow. And it's it's funny you say that because we actually like to say we're, we like to be the plumbers. Yeah. Uh, the 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 is what we want to do with our platform. Yeah. So it's not it's like like real plumbers. It's not real friendly work. Nobody right. likes it, but everybody has to have it. That's so right. that's ultimately where we want to be in an organization. So. Oh, that's great. So, uh, who's your ideal customer? Um, we kind of traditionally it's been marketing departments for large enterprises or medium to large enterprises. So, uh, uh, some of our larger uh, companies we work with, like T-Mobile and Sony and Comcast, uh, they're marketing organizations that have a great IT technology uh, uh, environment where they work, but the marketing information uh, that they need access to is not a real high priority. You know, I. I you know, when there's frustration there, I say, look, the, the engineers at Comcast are keeping the internet running for about 75% of the country. They have higher priorities than the analytics data from yesterday that they want to try a new regression test on. So what we want to do is fill that gap. We want to be friendly to IT because if we, uh, uh, we make IT uncomfortable with us, or we try to be the big shadow IT, those kind of things. Uh, it, it becomes a real problem for the organization, and it, and it causes hardship uh, uh, for the folks we're working with. So ultimately, we want to be IT friendly, but we want to be able to fill those gaps that you know IT can't fulfill for marketing or the business side uh, of the shop. And we're finding more and more as um, BI departments are coming of age. Uh, uh, we're seeing that a lot in the last couple of years where it's the, the middle ground that, you know, either an IT person has been assigned to run an analytics slash BI group because we got to make the business folks happy uh, and trying to find, fill, fulfill the needs of both of those worlds at once. That's kind of where we're coming in. And it's been, it's been a good model there, uh, which is kind of, uh, uh, our second group, so to speak. So marketing departments directly, and now the new like BI uh, analytics groups that are being created in their centers of excellence, et cetera, throughout the industry. Um, we work with them to be, I hate to say middleware, because that's a bad word, or it was traditionally, but. Uh, I think it's I think it's actually, um, there, I'm sure there'll be a new fancy way, a word, yes. don't worry. <laughs> but We'll come up with something. We're we will, working on absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. right? We did, cloud's kind of a, one of my big pet peeve terms. <laughs> <laughs> we had remote servers before, but anyway, so, um, uh, do you have a favorite customer story? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably one of our oldest customers is, is Comcast, of course, uh, for those in the country that aren't aware of who they are, uh, they're Xfinity now, that's what they kind of rebranded. Uh, but they've got phone services now, they got mobile services, they've got VoIP services for telephone, they got, uh, uh, internet security systems and shockingly they have cable tv still that still exists too uh and one of the challenges that that they've always had is trying to figure out what is actually happening with some of their customers so a really cool thing just from simple data integration perspective that we're able to do with them is one of their struggles has always been um uh, cost of, of customer services, right, uh, on those. And one of the neat little projects we were able to do was uh, we get notified when a new customer, they call it connected, when a new customer gets plugged in. So we have access to those records. So we were able to take that information, merge that with the service records to know when a truck physically went to a house and plugged somebody in. And then the third piece is when did that customer log in and get their magic Xfinity account so they could start doing their cool stuff on Xfinity. Um, those three pieces of information started saying things like from order to logging in uh, that kind of told us the maturity level of the customer they oh. found that's where we found so somebody that you know the day they got their internet if they had their account within six hours they were probably pretty technically savvy yeah and it just so happened that those people all of their um, 
uh, service requests were bottomed out. They were self-serve. They didn't want to deal with it. Totally. The folks that took six days became another level. And what they would start doing is immediately the very first time they opened their internet up, when they went in, they would put them to the help page on how to set up their account so that they could move them along. That's huge. And, right. So you can do the segmentation. And then the people that waited 30 days, they actually were starting to work through processes to do like a follow-up call because until they had that account, there's a lot of things they couldn't do. And honestly, they couldn't be tracked to know whether they were good customers or bad customers. More importantly, were they self-serve or did they need extra help? I love uh, that. If it had been more than 30 days uh, since they had their account, and this was my personal favorite, we actually did a segment so that the very first page they came to was not the help tech stuff. They went to the how to program your remote page. Because if it matched 30, year, 30 days to get an account, chances are they were struggling with how to even get the remote set up to watch TV. So that was the first thing they saw versus the knowledge base. And being able to do that, and they were able to, a mix of all of that reduced cost by almost $2 million a month <laughs> in services uh, and calls <laughs> to support so centers, right? And, Just by simple and- things. You know, and by the way, the most important thing is the customer experience is better. Correct. The customers weren't frustrated that because most of their calls, if if users was, was how do I pr- program this stupid remote because they'd already tried and been it's frustrated. Very frustrating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That so is it was such a, a just a really story. neat story, and it was just a couple different data points from now it was four different data systems, right? And none of them talked to each other because they didn't need to. Normally, you order online, a ticket goes to a trucking system, the contractor goes to a house, plugs it in, and says done, and none of that needed to be aligned. But once you start aligning it, you can do cool stuff. I mean, you think about like, so there's different business owners there that you're having to integrate as well, right? right? Not just the, it would be easy if it was just data, wouldn't it? Right. Uh, but the human part is, is who, so you must have had like a champion internally at Comcast in order to, that could navigate those channels successfully. Well, yeah. At, at that point, well, we started, we actually were very lucky. We, we had a person that we worked with for three or four years there who left the company, went to chase something else and then got bored and turns out we had a position. So we were able to hire her. So we didn't hire from a customer. We were trying to help out and she went back to serve the customer. So, so it was unique. Knew she the knew the players yes. to go chase down. Um, and she, we had three or four champions, one from each of those channels yep. of data. Um, and it was very helpful to, to have that road map, so to speak, to go chase. So we got lucky in that case. Yeah, totally. Uh, but there was a corporate sponsor that said, look, there's only so much that they, with the competitive nature of, of uh, internet uh, as it is, the the margins there are not very high. So, because right. they're all competing very heavily between Fios and, and Comcast yeah. and now MiFi and, and others coming out. Uh, satellite's gotten much better and much bigger recently. Um, so they got to figure out where they're going to make more money. Right. And sometimes it's not about making more money. It's about spending less money. Yeah. So uh, it was, we had a champion in the customer success department who was new, who said, look, there's got to be a better way to do this. Cause we're just losing money hand over fist uh, for things that seem unnecessary, you know, fighting with people over remotes. Why can't we just get them what they need? You know? So, <laughs> um, you know, having forward thinkers like that, and that's tough at a lot of organizations, you know, a, a company the size of Comcast or Sony, you know, they clearly have really good people they can recruit. Um, at the conference here, as we've talked to folks throughout the week, it's been interesting because it really depends on the maturity level of who's running your analytics department, how deep they can go. Right. You know, some want to just, I have my marketing data, I want to throw it somewhere and have pretty reports come up and I'm, and that's, I don't know what to look for. So let's give it to me. Yeah. And others like to, uh, are coming to us with, I work for a university, but I'm in the research lab for the medical department and I've got all these specific needs please don't tell me you're just giving me reports. I need to be able to play with the data, look at the data, work with it. And we tend to try to be more of a blank slate, which sometimes is not good for an immature fit, not immature, new to the industry, right? Some industries are just catching up and they're just trying to figure out how their ad spends are. That's where they're at. So um, 
you know, we, we tend to work with the more mature, larger enterprise that can yeah. go deep. That makes so. a lot of sense. So the conference has been good? So far, so good. Yeah, it's been a neat mix with the different folks. It is a little tough uh, when you you see somebody up. You got to kind of analyze. Okay, which conference are they they attending? Which portion of the conference eight, are they there's attending? Eight there's eight different people, and you know the email folks have a different status uh, than they they want to talk about than the predictive versus the deep analytics. Want to go super technical, etc. I'm healthcare. very lucky. Healthcare. They want to go security and privacy. <laughs> right. uh, finance is like nothing could ever leave the building. You know, <laughs> right. uh, so it's it's been that's tough at a conference like this because. There's a great, but it's also a great mix. So it really kind of keeps you, I, I say people sometimes like to play stump the chump. Uh, that's, that's the word I like to use. Uh, and I say, I, I welcome Especially it. Here. I welcome it. Yes, yeah. I really do. Cause you get those deep analytics and predictive folks that are like hard nosed coders and, yeah. uh, you know, PhDs in data science. And yeah. they love to ask that kind of stuff. And I've got a couple new acronyms this week that, that I had never heard of. So I, I got to look them up and learn something new. So that was good. Um, I hope they come back cause I promised them I'd look it up and give them an answer. But, um, <laughs> So yeah, That's it's great. kind of fun. And then I get to play Stump the Chump because I had one super smart guy that, it, I, PMML, I think is the language, uh, predictive modeling meta language or God, markup language. I had not either, wow. but it was a PhD from a university. Um, so the next guy was another PhD and I'm like, so have you ever heard of PMML? <laughs> so I got to play it back. And when he said no, I felt much better about myself. So, okay. But uh Turns out it's just another it's a, another uh, format in XML. So there's really no magic to it. And I'm talking geek now, but um, I, love I that. appreciate it. Yeah. I love that. Stump the chump. It's so. so funny. Yeah, we're still using SQL, right? Well, yes. It's yeah. amazing to me, like 30 years. Is that what it's been? It's been a long well, time. Yeah. Well, and then we created a whole industry of NoSQL so that we could then build apps that yeah. let you do SQL into NoSQL, NoSQL because <laughs> that was what we needed to do. <laughs> And my poor marketing staff are very confused when they said, well, how do you do NoSQL? Or how do you do SQL with the NoSQL? They asked, and yeah. she's like, I, I, I thought it was NoSQL. And yeah, we get there. <laughs> it's tough. We like to make up new terms. That's always good. If somebody wants to get in contact with you at TMM Data, how would they do that? Uh, simplest way, go to our website, www.tmmdata, um, or call our uh, a phone number, 855-554-DATA. See, see, that's kind of fun. I like that. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, feel free to visit our website. Uh, we are actually also do several other shows, so you'll probably catch us at other shows as well. And uh, we will include that information in the show notes as well. So people can have at their fingertips a click to the website. Bob, thanks so much for being on the Happy Market Research Podcast today. Thank you very much. It's been great talking to you. Everyone else who's listening, if you found value, please, please, please take the 30 seconds to screenshot this and another minute to post it on LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever your social personas exist. Be greatly appreciated. Have a wonderful rest of your day. <laughs>